And so I like had this conscious thought in my mind, like, like, am I going to keep doing this that they're here and watching me? And I was like, yes, I am. Like (laughs) I need to do what serves me and like, I'm going to do whatever I need to do. It doesn't matter how. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive, natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. What does it mean to surrender to your birth experience, to surrender to motherhood? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to this week's episode of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and today we'll be speaking to my friend and Home Birth Collective student, Jessica, about her experiences with surrender in birth and motherhood. Now, this conversation is so deep and so useful. I know you're going to gain amazing insight from it. All right, let's jump in. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. And this show is not medical advice, it's an educational tool. So continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you for having me. I am thrilled to have you. It is always such an honor to be able to sit down with a student and friend and talk about the birth story after getting to experience things with you during pregnancy. So for those who don't know you, would you mind taking just a moment to introduce your family and yourself to the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, my name is Jessica. Um, I and married to my husband, Luke. We've been married for six years, just this past April. And we have our first um, baby, Weston. So that's who we'll be talking about today. I'm a PA. I think that's about it for now. <laughs> awesome. That's fantastic. Okay. So it's always really fun to me to talk about <laughs> home birth and those in the medical field. So I think we'll probably get to that in a moment. Um, but bef- before we even go there, I'd love to just start off with your pregnancy. What was it like becoming pregnant for the first time? So um, it was actually uh, a surprise. <laughs> we weren't necessarily trying, but uh, we were ready. We had talked about it and we knew we wanted to have, um, you know, to try soon. But um, the Lord just blessed us and um, on his timing, I guess. So, but I, after like, I had a feeling the whole time before I even took a pregnancy test because I was like, I was definitely ovulating and and stuff like that. So, um, and then I had some symptoms of pregnancy, like breast tenderness and different things. So the whole, you know, few weeks leading up to my missed period, I was like, I think I might be pregnant. Uh, so then we, uh, took a pregnancy test. It was positive. And that was like right at the two week mark, I guess, after, um, when I missed my period. So I knew pretty early on that I was pregnant. Um, initially I felt, you know, pretty fine other than like the breast tenderness and all that. Uh, later on, in the first trimester, I did have some nausea and queasiness, but never had like vomiting or anything. And it was just, you know, sometimes throughout the day, it really wasn't too bad at all. 
and then I uh, felt pretty good during pregnancy up until that point and um, didn't have many symptoms until maybe the third trimester is when I got more uh, discomfort. <laughs> like I had some pubic discomfort and sometimes the uh, SI joint would act up and stuff like that. Um, but I did uh, go to the chiropractor for prenatal care or chiropractic care. Um, but I felt good when I went to, to her. So I guess it helped. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it would have been like without it. Now, so now that we know how the pregnancy unfolded, were you and Luke planning this home birth all along? Did you already know before you became pregnant, that's what you would want to do? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I had, in general, have learned about the more holistic space in the past few years. My eyes were opened a little bit. And um, just recently, I guess once I got pregnant, um, I started kind of looking into or hearing up, you know, I think it just came came upon me. I think the Lord just gave me these things when I needed them. Um so I started just following all these people on Instagram, like gradually over the past couple years. I don't even know how I started following them, but they're super crunchy. And like a lot of them had home births. I think several of them have been on your podcast. And I just have gotten into that space and just seeing what they post about uh, home births and just the holistic lifestyle and stuff like that. And so I've learned a lot through that. And, um, I think I told you this, uh, Leslie Burris on Instagram, I think she has a pretty big following, did her home birth live on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that I think really like, was like, oh, wow. Okay. That really got my interest in home birth. And that might've been before I was pregnant, just right before. But so I knew it was a thing and an option. Um, but I was like, okay, since it's my first, I'm just going to go the hospital route. Like, I don't know enough about birth in general. Um, I've always been scared of birth my whole life, you know, because everybody talks how painful it is. Um, so I was like, I'll just go the, you know, hospital route this first time. Um, since I just don't know, I wouldn't know where to start with a home birth. But throughout my pregnancy, uh, I guess it was earlier on in my pregnancy, I started just seeking out more information about it. And I think it was still in my first trimester. I was like, I want to learn more about this. So I went to Apple podcasts and type in home birth <laughs> and your podcast came up. So I was like, oh, nice. okay. Let's. So I just started listening and, um, I was telling someone yesterday, I was like, that was a really crucial part of my decision was being able to hear other women's stories about it. And that just gave me the confidence and it's like, okay, this is normal. And, you know, all these women have done it and you hear all the variations of normal too, because that's part of it. You just don't know what to expect. So that was really helpful to hear all the stories. Mm -hmm. I still wasn't convinced that I was going to do it. I mentioned it to my husband. I was like, Hey, what about a home birth? What do you think about that? He said, absolutely not. <laughs> So that was our first, no. <laughs> yeah, that was our first uh, interaction with the home birth. I'm like, okay. Which I mean, I wasn't like gung ho either. I was still just like, we'll just do hospital. 
Um, and then actually, so I think one thing that really tipped me over after listening to your podcast, I was convinced I was like, okay, I want to, I want a home birth, but I hadn't committed to that. And then a friend of mine actually had a baby uh, a little bit early and she had COVID and she was in the hospital in the one I was thinking about birthing at. And they took her baby away from her for a few days. And that just like boiled my blood. I was like, how that is like kidnapping. Like, how is that possible? So then I was like, I don't want anything to do with this system and I want to get out of it. And so uh, I was looking at the timelines and that was like a, a little bit a week prior to when I was like reached out and was like, what, give me some midwives names and everything. So joined the Facebook group for home birth and was like, all right, I need some help. So that was actually um, right into my second trimester. I think I was like maybe 14 weeks when that happened, when that decision happened. And um, this whole time I, I was talking to my husband about like your podcast and different stories and just uh, debunking myths and stuff like that. So I'd been slowly, you know, trying to get get him um, knowledgeable about it as well. So he would be comfortable too. Um, and then I told him my, the story about my friend. And I'm just like, I just don't trust. I don't trust those people anymore. Mm-hmm. So he still was not completely on board, but he was like, okay, you know, I trust you. And if that's what you want to do, you know, which I think actually we had to interview the midwife first before he kind of got on board. So we interviewed with one and talked to her and he still was like, you know, but he got on board. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I was like, okay, as long as he's supportive and cause I was confident in it. I was like, I feel good about it. I was like, is, and then, uh, one thing that did help was um, we did buy a birth course, an online module type course, mm-hmm. and it is pretty holistic in, in, in that way. And we went through that together. It was like eight modules. And that was very educational. And we watched it together and he was much more comfortable and on board after we went through that because he didn't know much about birth either. Right. You know, his, his reserve was what if something goes wrong, you know, mm-hmm. so just learning how normal birth is and physiologic birth and how it can be very safe and safer than the hospital times, you know? So that was very helpful, just educating ourselves, Mm -hmm. um, especially for him getting on board. So that was really helpful. Um, I think it's really great to hear how you brought him into the experience with you. I, I feel like sometimes this is something that, uh, husbands and wives struggle with, you know, this part right here of getting on the same page. And it can be really easy for, I mean, I see it happening where the mother can become really frustrated and and angry at the difference in opinion, uh, which I understand completely. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like there is something to this inviting your spouse into 
the situation with you, into the experience with you, having them come alongside. Obviously, there has to be willingness on their end, but mm-hmm. saying, well, why don't we together sit down and mm-hmm. you know watch this birth course? Why don't we together go ask the midwife instead of it being, you're being antagonistic against what it is that I desire Mm-hmm. Really trying to to build that communication up, which is only going to serve you in the birth right. experience as a whole and in parenthood as a whole. Yeah. So thanks for bringing that up. That's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, definitely very important to me to be on the same page. And we are working on communication. We have been, you know, just in our relationship in general. Are you telling me that's an ongoing thing? <laughs> Yeah, relationship, ongoing surprise, work. Surprise. Yeah, I know. Um, and I also prayed too. And there were several times with decisions that I just prayed, and I was like, God, if just put us on the same page, whatever it's supposed to be. I was like, if I'm supposed to be in the hospital, that's fine. You know, change my heart. If it's supposed to be home birth change his heart, just put us on the same page was my prayer, you know, and he did. And I was like, wow, that's pretty incredible. (laughs) Because, you know, from the start of absolutely not to, you know, now we're on the same page. I'm like, okay, the Lord definitely. Yep. (laughs) That was was some miraculous stuff. Right. Right. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned earlier that nutrition seemed to kind of play Mm -hmm. a part in this. So what was going on nutritionally for you? Um, So like I said, the past couple of years really opened my eyes to different things. And that was also my, I've always been health conscious, but that was also when I really started diving into health and nutrition and what it actually is. Cause you hear so many conflicting things. So for example, or let me tell you what I was about to do January, I guess it was 2020. I was like, what's healthy? Like, should I cut back on meat? Like, is that bad for me? And I bought some fake meat. And, uh, but then thankfully, right after that, I came across Dr. Mark Hyman's book, The Pegan Diet. Uh And I listened to it on audible, I think. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. Like (laughs) this just like eat real food. Like that was the premise. And I was like, this makes too much sense. Like, (laughs) and so that kind of kicked off my journey. And I think that's when I started following different people and stuff like that. And, um, and then in that birth course, I think I bought another really short one. It was like three or four modules And um, they talked about nutrition and all these holistic um, courses, including yours, have the same concept of nutrition and use Weston A. Price's work and stuff like that to uh, for nutrition. And so I've just really aligned with that. And I'm like, this feels so right. (laughs) It, um, you know, goes with my intuition, I guess. And so uh, I really focused on nutrition this pregnancy you know, did my beef liver capsules and just lots of grass fed red meat and um, eggs and real food. Right. And um, so that was, I definitely attribute that doing that to me feeling really well during the pregnancy. Um, Cause people would be like, wow, you're really lucky to feel so good. And I'm like, 
lucky or I've really put in the work. I don't know. (laughs) You know, I was like, I can't ignore this effort I have put into making sure my body has what it needs. So right. It's not passive. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely think that helped with me feeling well and, and the pregnancy going well and all of that. So yeah. Oh Mm -hmm. man. I love that. Okay. So as you are progressing through this pregnancy, it's very clear that you took preparation seriously. I mean, you guys watched the birth course together. You did another one. You joined the Home Birth Collective. Mm-hmm. As you continued to gain information, what what was that like? Did more questions come up or um, I guess kind of how, what was your mental, what was your mindset like as you progressed through your pregnancy with what it was that you were learning? So, um, okay. So once I decided during the home birth, <laughs> I still didn't feel uh, prepared. You know, I still didn't know all the things. I didn't feel prepared like to do it tomorrow. So I had been listening to your podcast and heard you talk about the home birth collective. And I was like, okay, I definitely want to do that <laughs> um, because it's geared towards home birth. And, you know, you talked about really the mindset as well as the childbirth education. But I was like, I've done the courses for the childbirth education. You know, I'd already went through those, but I was like, I really want to have my mind right. And cause that's a huge part of anything in life. Um, so signed up for the home birth collective. Um, and so before that I was not ready to have a home birth. People would ask me, are you ready? I'm like, I will be after this course. <laughs> that's what I would say. I'm like, I know I'm going to get a lot from it. That's the guarantee. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, you know, going through it, I really love, and I've talked to other people about it, and I'm like, it was great. Um, but the first, what, few weeks, five weeks were really focused on the mindset and the primal mother and um, really connecting to your intuition and trusting yourself. Um, that I think those were two huge points for me was – trusting myself, trusting God's design. Like I have nothing to worry about. Like, even though my mind doesn't know how to give birth, my body does. And I can trust that. And, um, but also understanding your mindset can play a huge role in your birth, whether it stalls it or not. So, um, just trusting and connecting to my intuition and, um, cause I didn't really do that a lot. I don't think, and through the course, it brought it up um, to, you, you know, we talked a whole, a whole class on that and I started paying attention more and just being like, okay, I have this feeling for a reason. I'm going to listen to it and go with it. So that I think really helped during labor to trust and go with what I was feeling. Um, so definitely that course helped tremendously. Um, with mindset and to um, feel prepared for birth and not even that I knew all the things, but just the fact that I trusted myself and my body and God's design and my baby. That's what I would say because we talked about connecting to our babies and I would, you know, talk to him and I'd be like, I trust you and I trust myself and we're going to work great together during birth and I trust God. It's all going to be great. You know, I would just say that throughout the pregnancy. Um, and I think it really played out. So 
really great. I can't wait to hear about that. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well then let's, yeah, let's, let's move forward and talk about this labor or the end of your pregnancy, um, kind of coming up towards your birthing experiences. What changes in your body did you notice? How did you get tipped off that maybe you were entering, um, you know, this, what we call the separation phase, that early stage of labor? What did it all look like for you? Um, so in the pregnancy, I was um, still feeling good. People, you know, people would be like, you're better, you're ready to have them. I'm like, I'm actually okay. You know, <laughs> I still have some meals to make to prepare for postpartum. So I'm okay. <laughs> um, so, but I, I felt pretty good other than I did have that pubic discomfort. Yeah. That was like the one thing that, and it wasn't all day, all the time. It was just certain positions. And so it really wasn't terrible, but that was the one thing that um, I had. Um, and then I was 40 weeks came and went. I mentally prepared to go over. I was like, okay, it's most first time moms, you know, go over. So I'm just going to prepare for, for that mentally. So I really tried to, but I think with just society, you've heard 40 weeks all your life. Once that hit, I did get a little like impatient, like, (laughs) you know, up until then I was like, yeah, I'm just not, it's just not ready yet. I'm, you know, I'm not due yet. But once you hit that time point, I think it's just in us all like that we've learned. Um, It's supposed to come now, but I was like, I know I'm going to go over anyways, but (laughs) it's still, I felt that little impatience within me. Um, but it was fine. But anyway, so 41 weeks. Um, and one thing maybe that was holding me back was I was like, I want to get my house like deep cleaned. And so they weren't able to do it till a few weeks later. And I was like, I'll have a newborn, but sure. And then they're like, Hey, we have a cancellation and an opening for Monday, which I was, would have been 41 or 40 and six and so they came that day did the deep clean that might have made me feel good and then the next day is when I went into labor so everyone if if you're having a hard time schedule a deep clean exactly exactly okay I'm good now yeah um and so Tuesday I was 41 weeks um got up that day normal we ate breakfast um, around nine or so. And then after that, I have some notes here. Around like 9.30, I felt like a small cramp. I thought I, did, I had no idea it was like a contraction or anything. I just thought, oh, my, you know, my bowels or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then, you know, it went away and it was fine. Um, so then around 10, I actually w- went to the bathroom. And when I got up, a little more fluid came out, just a tiny bit. And I was like, oh, you know, not unheard of. I just didn't get all my urine out. <laughs> so I sat back down, you know, wiped again and got back up and it happened again. And I was like, okay, this is weird. So I sat back down and I had heard somewhere like lean forward and back to get all the urine out of your bladder, you know, I guess his head hitting it. And so I did that. And every time more fluid was coming out, <laughs> I was like, okay, I know there's not that much retained urine in there. 
So um, then I'm like, huh, okay, I wonder if this is my water. Because I was not expecting my water to break first. I just knew it was going to break later, but I didn't. Um, (laughs) So then I got up to get a pad. And as soon as I put on the pad, like a a gush came out. And I was like, oh, good thing I had the (laughs) pad on. So I was like, okay, this is definitely my water. Uh, So Luke was working from home that day. So I walked into his office. I'm like, hey, I think my water just broke. And he was like, how do you know? <laughs> he was kind of like, are you sure? Do you know what you're talking about? Well, I'm tell you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I know. He was like, isn't it normally like a big gush? I'm like, well, like, sometimes, but not all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, you should probably just call your midwife. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, so, so let's see. Um, I believe that I... Uh, just went outside at that point because I wasn't having any like contractions or anything. I was trying to call them waves, mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't having any at that point. So normally when I can, I'd go outside in the morning, get some morning sunshine, try to ground, practice some gratitude. Yeah, you were all in that Western A price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, just went outside. It was a beautiful day that day. And this is January 24th, but it was beautiful. It was probably like 60 some, 65 or something. So it felt wonderful. It was sunny. I was just sitting outside and I was like, okay, I know my water broke, but this could happen now or it could happen in 48 hours. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to get my hopes up. <laughs> That's what I told myself. Um, but I was just like, just praying and like saying, you know, talking to my baby and saying, I trust you. We'll do this together. And I'm just trying to get my mind right um, for everything. And then um, I was out there for, I don't know, 30 minutes or so and came back in, texted my midwife, you know, just told her what happened. Um, I was having very sporadic waves at that point, like very, like not close together, anything like that. Um, so let me see. I texted her. I think that was around 1130 or so. Um, but she actually, this, her husband was in the hospital. So that all happened the week prior. And she said she was praying that I wouldn't have him that week because <laughs> it was a little chaotic. <laughs> I was like, well, God answered your prayer there. <laughs> um, we're on 41 weeks now. Um, so she was actually in the hospital at this point. Um, so we had we had a backup midwife just in case she couldn't come, but it ended up being just fine. Then, but she didn't text me back for a little while because I guess she was in the hospital um, with her husband. So then my mom just, sometimes she just calls randomly. She called me right after that and I was just sitting inside and I wasn't going to tell anyone like I was, my water broke or anything because I didn't want, you know, people to worry or text me or anything. But then after talking to her for like five minutes, I was like, maybe I should tell her. (laughs) It's so hard. It's so hard to be sitting there with broken water and not tell the person you're talking to on the phone. (laughs) Yes, it was. Um, Because she would always ask too, like anything happening, you know. Um, No, I'm just sitting in a puddle. Right, (laughs) right, right. Yeah, no big deal. Um, So... 
I was like, maybe this is a sign I should tell her, you know, she called me. And I was like, well, actually, yes, my water broke. So I, I told her that. And she's like, oh, well, aren't you supposed to be on bed rest? I was like, I don't think so. I think they would have told me if I should have been. And she's like, well, when my water broke with one of mine, you know, which she was in the hospital, they made me stay in the bed. So it's like, okay, I'll ask. <laughs> so I got off the phone with her and um, I think I just like texted my midwife because um, I knew she was in the hospital, and she said she would call me. So she called around 11.50, and we talked briefly, and, but then she had to abruptly go because her husband needed her. They were, he was going to get a procedure done. Mm. So she said, call the doula. She, knew, she knows the doulas very well. They're training to be midwives, very knowledgeable. So um, I just called them. And talked to them and asked her. And she's like, no, your body will replace the fluid. You don't need to be on bed rest. I was like, okay, good to know. (laughs) So, um, and so we talked for a little bit. That was probably around noon. And um, she said, since it's so early in the day, why don't you go ahead and do the mile circuit? She's like, if it was later, I would just tell you to rest. But you can get them, you know, just in the optimal position. So she sent me that around 1230. Um, at that point, before I did that, I just went and took a shower. Um, and then after that, you know, fluid was still just coming out the whole time during small gushes from this, that morning. Um, so anyways, let's see, probably around, uh, one to one 30 is when I started the mile circuit. So it was really nice outside and we had some, we have some couch uh, deck furniture. So I just <laughs> laid out there for the first pose. Wasn't very comfortable for 30 minutes, but it was okay. <laughs> um, and then, so I was one to one thirty. I'm not sure what exactly I did that for 30 minutes. And then I had about three or four waves during that time. Still very mild, you know, just like cramps, not lasting very long. Um, I took, maybe a 15 minute break between that one and the second one, the sideline pose. Um, so that was probably around two that I went and laid down in the bed sideline and I was having the waves every, uh, I think it was seven to eight minutes during that 30 minutes I counted. Um, so I was getting a little bit closer, but still very mild. So during this, I was really trying to practice the total relaxation, you know, just, what we talked about in our class. Um, but it was, you know, that one was fine too. And so then for the third phase, which is where you're supposed to be more active, do lunges or walk up the steps sideways, two steps at a time. Um, I got Luke to come outside with me. We had some deck steps and to do that. Um, so I probably did three rounds. We just have like 10 steps. So it's like five steps, up, walk down, five steps, up, walk down about three times. And then I had to, then I like suddenly had like back to back contractions. And I was like, huh. And Luke was like, those are really close. I said, yeah, I know that just started. (laughs) And they were a little bit more intense. So I was leaning over on the stairs, just kind of swaying. And uh, I started having to breathe through my think at this point. I was, you know, doing my breathing. Um, And so I was like, let's just go inside. (laughs) 
because <laughs> I couldn't even do my steps because they were happening just so fast or back to back. Um, so I went inside and he's like, we should probably time these because my midwife wanted to know when they're five minutes apart. Well, when we started timing them, they were three and a half minutes apart. <laughs> <laughs> but it just like happened suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, How long were they lasting? Do you remember? Yeah, they were already a minute. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yeah. Solid contractions there. Right. <laughs> so he timed them for maybe um, 10 or 15 minutes. And they were mm-hmm. like three and a half to three minutes apart, lasting a minute. So, that, so that's when we started active labor, you know, that transition, which like you said, it's more fluid, but yeah. that um, sounded pretty quick. That was pretty actually, yeah. That pretty on the <laughs> nose there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I think he texted my midwife, you know, sent him the picture of our, of the paper he was keeping track on. Okay, and so she she was like, "Okay, I'm gonna get my stuff ready and come on over," but it still wasn't too bad at that point. Like it it got more intense. I was definitely having to breathe. I was swaying, leaning over the couch each time. Um, but you know, I didn't want anyone to come too early. <laughs> so I was like, "No, don't! I don't want her to come just yet." <laughs> She's like, okay, I'll just take my time, you know, get my stuff together. I'm like, okay. And he um, texted my doula as well. And so, um, same thing. I was like, don't rush. She's like, all right, I'll take a shower. Like, um, and then let's see. Uh, that was around three when all that happened. So probably three thirty when we texted and everything. Then I just kept doing my thing, swaying over the couch, breathing. And about 30 minutes later, they got really intense. And I was like, okay, they need to come now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think he called and uh, they're like, okay, we're going to come. So that was probably at four. Yeah, 30 minutes later, so at four. When they got really intense, um, pretty, pretty intense. And I just, I always did my breathing. And at that point, I started to cope. I would, because um, I was like, what do I do? How do I help myself? I started like shaking my belly, like holding the bottom and shaking. I think that just helped me relax those muscles. Yeah. So I would do that when I was breathing or um, I would also lean over and like shake my legs really mm-hmm. fast just to jiggle everything to relax those muscles to try I to love that. go and tighten them. So that's what I found to work for me to help. Um, it took them about an hour to get here. So we caught four. I was like, I need them. The midwife came at five. Dula got here right after that. Right before the midwife walked in, I was feeling really nauseous. So I was like, look, get the trash can. And I threw up. Um, and I felt better after that as far as the nausea. And then she came in. Um was trying to like ask me questions and stuff. And I was just, I guess, like, no, <laughs> I'm just focusing on these on labor right now. I was kind of annoyed, like, but I was like, I know she has to do her job. <laughs> like, trying to check his heart rate and check my blood pressure. And I was just like, okay, whatever. Um, so she did, you know, she didn't do too much. That was about it. But, um, so let's see. Then the doula got here right after that and she had the birth pull. I was like, blow that thing up. Let's get it ready. <laughs> so 
I went back to the bedroom because it was going to be kind of loud and we were going to do it in the living room because that's really the only place it would fit. Um, so they started blowing that up and, um, filling up with water. Um, and then our hot water ran out. So <laughs> started boiling some water. Um, but then the hot water came back on, you know, cause it just took some time to heat it back up. So that took probably an hour. So it might've been six or something, six, six thirty before I could, it was ready. But around, okay, around six, I went and got my doula because I was back in the bedroom. My midwife was back there a little bit. And I was like, I need some help. Like, (laughs) I need you to come help me. So Luke continued to fill the pool and everything. And she helped, like, from my back, did some hip squeezes. Um, And so maybe that helped a little bit. I don't think it helped too much. But (laughs) just having someone there, I think, was helpful. Shortly after that, I guess it was maybe 6.30. Yeah, 6.30, the birth pool was ready. So I um, immediately went to the living room and got in there. And that was very nice. The the warmth and just some of that pressure coming off was very, very helpful. Still very intense. It wasn't a miracle by any means as far as pain relief, but (laughs) it did help. so I got in there at 6.30 and 6.40, I start, I did my first grunt, <laughs> my first deep grunt right. that just happened. Like I didn't do it. Like it, I just, my body kind of, I guess, started to push or contract and it, it surprised me. I was like, oh, whoa, okay. <laughs> so my midwife noted that in her note. She was like feeling pushy, 6.40. So every wave after that, my body was my uterus was contracting and I became very vocal. Okay. Let me back up. Let me back up. Cause the one point I didn't want to miss, I went over. So when I was coping with the waves earlier and, you know, bouncing my belly and shaking my legs, when my midwife and doula came in, I was, you know, I've always been a little bit self-conscious about like what other people think. And, um, in that moment, because I know in our course, we talked about this, like, you do you, like, you know, whatever you need to do, like, this is your birth. Like, and so I, like, had this conscious thought in my mind, like, like, am I going to keep doing this, that they're here and watching me? And I was like, yes, I am. Like, <laughs> I need to do what serves me. And, like, I'm going to do whatever I need to do. It doesn't matter how. Go, Jessica. <laughs> the first it. time I did it like, you know, shake my belly in front of them, then it was fine. Like once you get through that first time, you're like, okay, it's fine. They didn't react negatively, you know, it was fine. And then like, they were both like, good, like good mama, like you're doing great by coping. And so that felt really nice to just feel that reassurance. Like you're doing a good job by helping yourself, you know? Yeah. That, those movements too, that you're talking about, that is so instinctual and primal and like, you're getting your baby in a good position at the same time. Like you're doing all these things and it's not like you were like, Oh, I need to do this to make this one thing happen. And no, you were just listening to your body and look at what your body was doing. Something really freaking cool on a whole bunch of levels. That's so exciting to me. Yeah. 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 I didn't really think like, 
yeah, I just intuitively did those movements. Like I've yep. never done that before. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, you don't normally like shake around your belly. Yeah. Right. Never done that. Oh, so cool. yeah, that is pretty cool. Back to where I was uh, feeling pushy. So every, uh, so six four is when that started and every um, wave after that, it was the same feeling pushy. I got very vocal which again, I'm not that person. I'm not that really vocal, outgoing person. I'll, you know, generally speaking, unless I'm with a small group of friends. But um, I was, I had made that choice, that decision to just do what I needed to do, not hold him back. And um, it, it wasn't like I chose to do it. It's just I did it. Like very low grunt. Um, each time, like every wave after that, and that's just what I needed to do. Um, and so, uh, if I felt pushy the whole time, so that was six forty. Let's see, or seven. She checked his heart rate again, and it was good. Um, oh, she actually asked at that point to check me to make sure I was fully dilated because I was feeling pushy. And at first I was like, no, not right now. Like I'm just not, you know, about to have another contraction. Like, no, you know, I wasn't into that at that point. And I was completely confident that I was dilated or because my body was pushing on its own. Like I had no worry at all. But um, then I think about 10 minutes later, she was like, you know, I would like to just make sure I was like, sure, that's fine. Go ahead. You know, I wasn't worried about it. And, but then I was like, um, it'll be nice to just have that reassurance, you know? So I made that decision. I didn't feel pushed into that by any chance. I could have said no, but I was like, yeah, go ahead. So she checked me. She's like, yep, you're fully dilated. I was like, yeah, I know. I was okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I could have told you that. But, but so that wasn't a problem at all. Um, and I was like, okay, well that's good. Now I know for sure. You know, but, um, and then My midwife actually noted at 7.30 that my contractions slowed, which I remember us talking during the normal phases that sometimes they slow right before you're about to put, you know, push them out. So that was interesting. I do remember like, huh, these are not as close together anymore. And then the whole time, like during that, that time period, I could feel his head moving down my pelvis slowly, but surely, which with each one. It felt like poop moving down, you know, it's almost like you feel like you're, yeah, but it's his head and I knew it was him like, um, but I didn't communicate that with anyone. So they had really did not know where I was. I don't think, you know, other than outward signs, (laughs) I just kept that to myself, not on purpose, but so let's see, that was 730 was the contraction slowing. And my doula, she was like, you should probably try to go to the bathroom because you don't want your bladder to be full. You know, it might stop his labor. I wonder if when my contraction slowed, she wondered if I wasn't progressing or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, maybe some people don't know that that's a normal part of labor or can be a normal part. Um, So she was trying to encourage me. So I really just tried to pee in the pool, but I couldn't. Like, I couldn't pee. So... Um, I was like, no, not right now. (laughs) Um, 
And this whole time, Luke is still bringing hot water to the pool, boiling water. That was what he was doing, you know, mostly this whole time. And he would, you know, get down there with me, give me some words of encouragement and stuff like that. And the doula was there pouring hot water on my back. That felt really nice. That was really nice in the pool. They just had a cup pouring it on my back during the waves. That was very helpful. Um, And then I do remember it getting less intense, I think, after that. Mm. For whatever reason, maybe his he wasn't pushing a lot pubic bone as much because he was going yeah. down. So, <laughs> um, all right. So, seven thirty. They slowed seven forty five is when I agreed to go to the bathroom because his head was at the end. So I thought, like, okay, I'm about to poop. I'll mm-hmm. go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Again, not communicating this to anyone. I was just like, okay, I'll take a bathroom break now. <laughs> so they, I got out of the pool. And, um, I was starting to have another wave. So I squatted and had that wave. And I think that's actually when I pooped a little, I'm just saying that. So people know it's normal. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. But then I walked to the bathroom and sat down and I knew it was his head. Like I, I felt it moving down this whole time. I knew, uh, I knew it was his head, I, but I knew it was going to push poop out. Like that was my reasoning of like, gotcha. I knew it was him. It's not that I just, yeah. Anyways, so yeah. I just reached down and I felt his head because mm-hmm. I knew it was there. So I was like, my daughter <laughs> was with that. me and I was like, his, he's crowning. <laughs> and it was funny because she was like, you know, yelled out for the midwife. And, <laughs> You're just calmly. Right. <laughs> he's crowning. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so then I had maybe another wave on the toilet, which I don't remember being too terrible. It actually wasn't too bad. And she was like, well, do you want to go back to the pool? Because he's probably going to come out in the next few contractions. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. I don't want to have him on the toilet. So mm-hmm. walked back to the pool at around seven. Well, seven fifty is when he crowned on the toilet, I think. So I walked back to the pool about 7.55 or so um, and got back in. And that is when my midwife, we had talked about this prior, about her helping me through the end pushing stages so to prevent or lessen my chances of tearing, you know, to help give some perineal support or to say, you know, okay, stop pushing, just breathe to ho- hopefully prevent, you know, any kind of tearing. So at that point, that's when my midwife got involved. Other than that, she was very just observing, which was very nice. That's what I wanted. Um, And so 7.55 back in the pool, that's when she was kind of coaching me, coached pushing. Prior to that, I would just, uh, I would kind of sustain when my body was pushing, like I would help it a little bit sustain a little bit but I wasn't really pushing hard or anything like that I was just letting my body do all the pushing um and then once you know we got to this point I started pushing a little more because she was coaching me through it like okay now you push with mm-hmm. the contraction you know so I push a lot harder um and would hold it until she would say, okay, stop, breathe, you know, until I would stop and breathe. Um, and 
I could feel everything. Like I could feel the ring of fire and I did that high, you know, when I felt that. And I think when I felt it stretch too much, Uh and this was during the middle of all this pushing Mm-hmm. And I felt it kind of pull, probably tore a little inside or something. And it was like, <gasps> you know, I really felt that, <laughs> you know, wow. very clearly. I could feel everything down there. So I knew exactly what was happening. Um, and around that point, I maybe pushed a few more times with her. And then she said, okay, Jessica, if you want to push between contractions, you can. And we hadn't really talked about that prior. And, um, so I didn't really know, like, should I, or should I not? I don't don't know. So like you had mentioned, you know, during that time, we're very vulnerable to influence and what we hear. Um, so I was just like, okay, I guess I will. So I start, I push between the contraction. And I think that is actually when I birthed him was not with a contraction in between. Um, Another thing that was also said that I listened to was my doula. I was on my knees leaning over the pool mm-hmm. the whole time. Every contraction, that's what I would do. And that's what I was doing for the end here, pushing them out. And she said, if you feel like it, you can put that leg up. I didn't really feel like it, but I put my leg up. Yeah. <laughs> so just like those things, you you know, very influential during that time. So oh, I put one my job. Yeah. And I don't know that that helped or hurt anything, but I did it. But it, um, yeah, and it's not what your body was telling you to do. No, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't at all. But um, so that was another thing that I did. That was just, you know, during that time, if you hear it, you might do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, such such a great reminder Jessica like it really is because Mm -hmm. it's and yeah it's exactly what we talked about where it's like even if even if you you've thought about it before you've said I don't want this or I'm I'm not going to do this or whatever that state of consciousness in labor especially where you are there at the end it's just so susceptible to influence, which is why, especially when we look at in the hospital and all of the things that are ha- are done in the hospital, but it, see, it, it happens in home birth too. Like, it's so important to uh, really consider who we have around us because, oh my gosh, what if they, what if the things that they're telling us are incredibly counter to what it is that we want? We may go along with some real crazy, wacky stuff because of the vulnerability of that period of time. So uh, this is such a really profound discussion. And I know that this is, you know, you're not saying like, well, this just changed my entire, you know, birth experience. But yeah, it's small little things that, that, you know, are, it's still like, it's still a very good example. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm um, definitely learned from that, from those yeah. things. Yes. The next time I've learned that, okay, next time I'm just going to do it on my own. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I have a, probably have a midwife, but like, right. I don't want that coach pushing at the end because mm-hmm. I, you know, there's all the what ifs, right? Because mm-hmm. the reason I have, and maybe the reason I have, hyper-focused is because I did have a first degree tear. 
So that might be why I'm reflecting so much on it Mm -hmm. about what could have been different. Um, And so the what ifs are, you know, you don't want to go too much into that because who knows the same thing might've happened if, if I did it on my own. So I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, Get too You're flexible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's something that you've noticed and you learned and, oh, this is something that we'll probably do differently next time. Right. So next time I definitely just want to not have any coach pushing because I, I do wonder if I would have just listened to my body and went with the contractions, just let my body continue the pushing. It probably would have been slower, but it would have think I would think give it more time to stretch out and yeah. and then pass through you know so mm-hmm. I'm definitely just am trying to just make this a learning experience mm-hmm. I love that um and do it differently next time <laughs> but like again you don't know what would have if it would have even been different so um accepting accepting it <laughs> I love I that and I know my, yeah I know that we, before we even started recording, when we talked about this a little bit, you even mentioned like you are, you've been doing things postpartum to work with this and, and consider it. We talked about tapping and tapping through this situation. For those of you who haven't heard of tapping, emotional freedom technique is what we're talking about. Um, but really that is so beneficial for healing our nervous system and working through events. <laughs> um, so I, I love that you brought that up on your own, that that was something that you were drawn to doing. I mean, gosh, yeah, it's all about integration too. Integrating this experience into your motherhood, integrating it as something that is beneficial and how beneficial to say like, oh, wow, this happened a little differently than I would want it to happen next time. That's okay. Next time, I think I'm going to do this though, you know, and how, how cool is that? Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that is uh, another learning point. I said to myself, um, or we talked about, I think God gives you the birth you need and to prepare you for motherhood. And I said, that was such a good lesson to reinforce me to listen to my intuition and trust Mm -hmm. myself in motherhood. And I was like, that was just a a lesson for me. I feel like so I loved I love that perspective. Yeah. So I think it it happened how it was supposed to. So, anyways, um, <laughs> then back to him being born. Um, so doing the coach pushing, and then I think I, I I push in between the contraction, and I think it was during that when uh, I pushed him out. I'm not sure if another contraction came. So, but she was still coaching me through it because I just started pushing. She probably didn't know whether I was having another contraction or not, but I just started pushing again. And so, um, so then, you know, pushed him out. No problem, really. And, you know, he just kind of flew out into the water. (laughs) Um, And so my midwife kind of handed him to me through my legs so I could pick him up. And, uh, I couldn't get him up and his cord was just around the back of his neck. It wasn't even like a full nuchal cord. So I just took that off and I was able to pull him to my chest and, um, he was, you know, very limp and wobbly and, (laughs) and wasn't breathing initially, but they have to start breathing at some point. It was just a few seconds. I was like, okay, I'm going to rub his back. Mm -hmm. And then he started breathing because 
they have to, they have a few seconds. I feel like that's a normal thing. And I learned that from your podcast. So I didn't freak out. Mm. I was like, this is normal. <laughs> and, and from our class, you know, we talked about what variations of normal, like they are just coming from water to air. So mm. it may take a few seconds to breathe. Um, so, but he started breathing a problem. He wasn't crying initially. He was just chilling, looking around. Um, so that was really great um, experience there. And um, let's see, I'm very thankful there weren't really any um, complications during during all of this. So, anyways, he was born at eight twelve. Okay. So just to give the timeline, you know, people who are listening. So from start 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., so about 10 hours and then five hours of active labor, which I had prayed for less than 12-hour birth. So the Lord answered that prayer too. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, and to be during the day, and that happened too. So Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was, it was pretty neat, like when, you know, you pray for the little, little specifics mm-hmm. and it happens and you're just like, thank you, God. Thanks for caring about those smaller details. Oh, that's so special. Mm-hmm. It was such a relief when he was out. I just remember just being like, oh, I'm so glad that's over. <laughs> like, <laughs> thank you. This is so great. Oh. Um, there. Okay. So the. One thing that I wanted, but I don't think I got, was the, quote, high that I've heard people talk about. Uh. I was wanting so bad, but <laughs> um, just because it sounds great. But I don't, I don't think I felt that. And I don't know. Mm. I mean, I was happy and everything, but I didn't yeah. feel uh, like elated. Extra, or- yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And that's, that is one of the things like there, there's so much variation in what we're going to experience immediately post-birth and how those hormones are going to release and how our bonding like may build over time, you know? Um, Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. And I wondered too, if I would have let my body finish the process, if it would have been different, but (laughs) once I pushed them out, I didn't have another contraction for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't birth the placenta till like an hour later. Mm-hmm. So I was in the pool. They're like, do you feel any contractions or like a push? I'm like, I don't know. I don't. Um, so I got out of the pool and, you know, try to get them to maybe nurse that could help. Um, and so I got in the bed and we were just hanging out there. And then finally, uh, I think I started feeling maybe a contraction or two and then um, birth the placenta about an hour later. My okay. interestingly, my midwife, you know, she's like nothing to worry about, no big deal. But my doula was like, we need to get this out. <laughs> oh. So it was interesting, the conflicting, you know, yeah. views there. I wasn't. I was more in touch with the midwife and just what I learned. Like I wasn't worried at all. But mm-hmm. it was interesting that she had her own opinion there. I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that was around nine fifteen when I birthed the placenta. Didn't have much bleeding at all. Um, he was seven pounds, even. Oh. Uh, and then at eleven p.m., I finally peed, and it was a lot. 
<laughs> she, my midwife noted like voided a lot. <laughs> so I was like, okay. A lot. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, she did his measurements and everything. They inspected the placenta, got to look at that, take some pictures. And um, then she left at 1130. Mm. And one thing I do want to mention in case anyone else isn't aware, luckily my sister told me this, but your baby can choke on the fluid the first night. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't, I knew that could happen because she told me, but when it happened to my sister, they were like, oh my gosh, like, and then couldn't sleep after that. So for anyone listening, that happens. <laughs> they have to get that fluid up. <laughs> yeah, they will work up fluid for sure. Um, okay. And then postpartum, I really tried to, I was really going to try to do the five days in the bed, five days on the bed and five days around the bed. Um, and Luke was really on board with that. Thankfully, I think the spouse call we had was very helpful for him to hear the expectation or and, yeah. and how he can help, you know, because mm -hmm. if, you know, I were to just say that, he might just be like, do you really need this? <laughs> it's always good to have it come from someone else. Right, right. <laughs> so I think that was very helpful because he was on board completely. Like he was doing mm -hmm. everything for me, which was great. <laughs> So I was just in the bed with the baby and he knew that I needed that time with the baby to bond. And so he was giving me water and food and everything. So that was really great. Um, so my midwife, she was awesome postpartum. So she came every day for the first, I think, four days. Wow. Yeah. So she's from another country and they were trained to care for women postpartum in that country. <laughs> yeah. So that's what she's used to. And so she comes over here and she thinks, you know, the, we're not doing women justice or, or good by not giving them the, the care that she was taught to give. So yeah. um, she said, I think she's like, I, I didn't think the U S would be my mission field in this, but that's what it is. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, exactly. So, um, so she was so helpful with breastfeeding. That was great. And also just her checking in and being there. But I think that was the big, most helpful thing was breastfeeding. Wow. So um, Luke, uh, after everything happened, he was like, oh, yeah, this, is, this was great. Like, he was definitely on board. He was like, I definitely see being at home so much more peaceful and just comfortable. And, mm -hmm. and then he said, with her postpartum care, he was like, that was worth every cent having her just with the postpartum care. I was mm. like, yeah, it was great. So she came first four days. And then after that, it was like, she skipped a couple days and came, skipped a couple days and came and then came like once a week for a couple weeks. So she, what's really cool is that she doesn't set up a certain amount of visits for postpartum. It was just going to be based off what I needed. Which I was like, wow. wow. Yeah. I was like, that's great. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So that was really awesome to have that care. And she <sighs> even was aware of like the mental part. And like later on, she was like, if you want to talk through your birth, you can and stuff. So that was really good. To, um, she was very, very good in that way too. Hmm. Um, let's see. We had a meal train set up. My sister set that up. That was a lifesaver. 
Um, so I set up for like every other day people could sign up, which was perfect. Um, and so family was really big in supporting us there, bringing us meals. Um, we only sent it to the people that we were okay with like coming um, yeah. early on. So that was really nice too, because it got f- filled up and our, our parents filled in the gaps. Yeah. So that was really nice. We have both of our parents close by and um, that was, if anyone is wondering, definitely set up a meal train <laughs> for postpartum. So those first two weeks we were good, you know, yeah. with food. Um, and then I had also prepped freezer meals, um, which was really helpful too, to fill in the gaps. And after that two weeks mm-hmm. was very helpful. Um Definitely the first two weeks had the baby blues, hormones all over the place, very emotional. I wouldn't say any like depressing thoughts, but just your emotions are all over the place. Like mm-hmm. uh, I would cry at, you know, just Luke saying something sweet, you know, like <laughs> just anything emotional, I would just start crying. Um, but um, that definitely evened out at the third, fourth week. So um that's normal to have those emotions there. Um, okay. My midwife gave me some great advice. We were talking about, like she said, how do you feel with the constant availability to your baby? Like, how's that adjustment? Mm. And um, I was like, well, I mean, it's okay. Like it's hard. She's like, for me, it was really hard being you know, at night, like that constant availability at nighttime. Like, yeah, that is hard. And she said, my advice is to surrender, which we we talked about that with birth and labor and everything is surrendering. And she gave me that advice. She's like, just surrender to it. The sooner you do that, the the better it'll be. And I was like, Mm. okay, I'm just going to surrender and accept this is what I do now. This is my, you know, (laughs) this is my role. This is motherhood. So I felt like that was really great because that's that's what I did, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna expect these nighttime like awakenings, and it's normal. And- oh wow, yeah, that's great, Jessica. I think that is a huge point too, and in the sense of, I mean, our whole life is about surrender, right? Like I feel like I am constantly telling myself, like, yield, Caitlin. <laughs> yield to the Lord, yield, yield, yield. Like that's like been my word for 2023. It's just yield. And it's, it is so, that's so applicable to motherhood as a whole, especially that early postpartum, you are just yielding to this other being who needs you, who, who requires these things. And it's not always going to be like that, but it is always going to be yielding. You know, there's, there's always going to be that yielding involved, that surrendering involved. So that is, that's really a very powerful um, piece of advice there. That's great. Thank you for that. Yeah. I thought it was too. It was pretty great. (laughs) Looking back, I just see how beautiful it was, how beautiful my birth was. And just be like, wow, it was a beautiful symphony of my hormones working together. The things we talked about, the normal physiologic birth happened. Like, I think at another point I threw up in the when I was in the pool and that was transition. I, I forgot I skipped over that part, but that was probably my actual transition. Um, just how it everything worked together, even the slowing of contractions and stuff like that. And I was just like, wow, like 
know, our bodies are amazing. It knows what it needs to do. And so looking back, I'm like, wow, that was just, that was a beautiful birth. I couldn't have asked for anything, you know, better or different. Um, and so during it, I wasn't necessarily thinking that <laughs> this is beautiful. Right. I wasn't thinking that <laughs> I was just kind of coping, you know, like getting through each contraction. But also I can say that never once was I fearful during it. I never was worried or anything like that. I, I guess just the work I had put in prior mentally and just learning and getting my mind right and trusting the Lord, trusting myself really played out during this birth. Um, because that's exactly what I did. I trusted my body and God and the baby and, um, it, it worked out beautifully. So Mm -hmm. it was really great. Um, yeah, I think that's about all I have for that. Oh man, Jessica, this, well, that's about it was amazing. (laughs) This was such a beautiful description of your experience and wow. I just, I see so much for, um, mothers to take from this. I mean, really, you really brought up some really powerful aspects of birth that are going to be great for others to really think on and consider. Um, it has been just such a joy to see you, <laughs> to hear your yeah. your story in its fullness and to reconnect. So Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you for having me. And I hope that this is a blessing to other moms as much as all the other stories were such a blessing to me. Goodness. Jessica's story and her perspective of her birth are so beneficial to all of us. As we head into this week's episode roundup, she's given us so much to mull over. First, I'd like to start with the fact that Jessica has very clearly considered her birth and worked to integrate this experience into herself her role as a mother, and her life as a whole. And my friends, this is critical. We talk about this inside of the HBC, the fact that truthfully, it matters less what the events are than it does how we integrate them. Jessica has considered her birth, noted how things unfolded, used her experiences to shape her future decisions in motherhood, and she's grown tremendously. This in my opinion, is the definition of success. And next, I want to talk about a concept that I really love to flesh out inside of the Home Birth Collective, this idea of instinct over instruction. Now, when Jessica was shaking her belly and thighs through her waves, (laughs) wow, how powerful was this? This was such a beautiful example of primal movement and intuitive knowing. Her body knew exactly what she needed to do to relax, and chances are it was even deeper than that. Her body knew exactly how she needed to move to properly position and align her baby for birth. Our bodies aren't acting randomly. There is purpose to what they are inclined to do. Our biggest task? Get out of the freaking way. (laughs) Get out of that thinking brain and let your feeling brain kick in. Jessica had to intentionally decide that she was going to continue to do what worked for her, even in front of her birth team. That was the right decision. I love that she shared that she was at a crossroads. She felt it. And she made the decision that was most supportive of her labor, even if it felt awkward the first time she did it. And now let's chat about what happens when instruction overrides our instinct. 
Jessica knew that the birthing process would be a time when her brain would be susceptible to outside opinions and instruction, and she learned firsthand how this could unfold. Despite her preparedness to listen to her body and follow her intuition when it came to all aspects of birth, particularly pushing and releasing the baby, she also felt a desire to go along with her midwife's instructions at the end. My friends, I am certainly not questioning the well-meaningness of this care provider, but I do have to remind you that nobody is in your body like you are. The reality is that many mothers are not as connected and intuitive during birth because they haven't taken the time to reconnect to the primal mother that they are. But when you have, like Jessica, oh my goodness, your body knows what to do. Your job is to surrender. Instinct over instruction. Okay, my friends, that's all I've got for you for today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.